You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I don't know how many of you saw um, the New Year's where we had the leaders um, give this kind of words of what they were seeing for 2023 and just kind of give an encouragement, and they were all so wonderful, and, and uh, it's, it's just so amazing when you see those things or when you hear those things, because you're like, wow, like, you know, God was speaking to me that, and you probably are the same way. You're like, ah, what? I had that scripture. You know how God works like that, and he confirms his word. And and uh, one of the things was Joan spoke, and she, she read Psalms 23. And I, I, I was amazed because I really felt like the Lord say 2023 Psalms 23 to me. That, that this was a promise that we could stand on, that we would go back to this word and we would hold on to it, Psalms 23. My, my father, some of you know, some of you don't know, but he was a minister and he was a minister of this church and uh, for many, many years and Psalms 23 was like his go-to. Can you do me a favor in the sound? Can you turn the piano down in the uh, monitor up here for me, please? It sounds amazing, but I feel like I'm talking over it a little bit. Um, he, he loved Psalms 23. And so when I was growing up, we knew Psalms 23. It was said, it was his go-to scripture. Whenever he got a new Bible, it was the first thing that he went to. Whenever I got new Bibles, new translations, he would open Psalms 23 all the time. I know many people who um, attended the church that he pastors know he preached from Psalms 23 on a regular basis. And in fact, when even when he was in the home and, you know, he would have days where he was confused or, or, or whatnot, Joan would read Psalms 23 to him and he would immediately just begin to settle down. It's like, oh, yes, the Lord is my shepherd. And so I'm going to I'm going to speak from that today. We're just going to go over just the first part of it. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look into Psalms 23. And so I'm going to read it and then we're going to we're going to just break it up just a little bit for a few short moments. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My dad in every page of his Bible has these things written. He is the perfect shepherd. He is perfect savior. He is perfect salvation, perfect refreshment, perfect restoration perfect guidance, perfect protection, perfect company, perfect comfort, perfect empowerment, 
perfect care and perfect rest. There's, no, there's nothing lacking in him as a savior, as a shepherd. The Amplified says it like this, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. So first of all, I want to just focus on the part that he is a shepherd, which means we are a sheep. We are a sheep. He refers to us as, as sheep. In the Bible, um, he's re he refers to his people as family, as fellowship, and as sheep. In Psalms 100, verse 3, it says, Know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. That's just so freeing just in that. I am his. I belong to him. It says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Who's I? It says, I came. And it answers it right away. I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he goes to explain, what does the good shepherd do? He lays down his own life for the sheep. But the hired man who merely serves for wages, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, which is the enemy, deserts the flock and runs away, and the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them, the man runs because he's a hired hand who serves only for wages and is not concerned about the safety of the sheep. Then he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know without any doubt those who are my own, and my own know me and have a deep personal relationship with me. He says, I, I am the good shepherd. I know who my sheep are, but there is a surrendering that takes place. When we say, he's the good shepherd, I need to surrender to his leading, to his guiding in my life. Just like when we pray the Lord's will be done, his kingdom come, his will be done, that's surrendering to his leading, to his ruling, to his reign. You say, the Lord is my shepherd. There's a surrendering to his leading and guiding in my life. So this is what we're surrendering to. I, I looked up the word shepherd. Now, in our English Bible, the Bible was translated from Hebrew and Greek. And when it was translated, it took kind of some of the best words that they thought that they could use to translate into English. But when you look up a Hebrew word, there's some more depth sometimes to it. And so there's something called the Strong's Concordance. And you can look up different words that are in the Bible and you look up the Hebrew word and the Hebrew word then gives a little bit more of a definition or, a, or depth to what the scripture was saying at the time. Um, you call it the Strong's Concordance. If you ever want to do that, I would recommend it. Um, 
because you get to you get to see the Bible in a whole new way. There is a, a, a website. This is not a, a plug for a website. <laughs> um, better Bible. No, no, no. Blueletterbible.org. Blueletterbible.org, and, and you can type in any scripture, and then you can look up what the Hebrew word is, and then you can click on that Hebrew word, and it gives you more meaning to what it says. That's just for free. So I looked up the word shepherd in the Hebrew, and this is, this is what came up. Keeper, teacher, companion, friend, ruler, leader. The Lord is my keeper, teacher, companion, friend, ruler, leader. That's who the good shepherd is to us. And notice that it says good, good shepherd. That's, that's first and foremost to recognize that the Lord is always good. So what does the good shepherd do? Psalms 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He provides. The Lord is my shepherd, and he provides everything that I need. When it says, I shall not want, that word want actually means lack. I shall not lack. It means I shall not have a need. I shall not fail. I shall not lessen, it means. I shall not decrease. I shall not diminish is another word that it means. I shall not become weak because the Lord is my shepherd. So that means that no matter what, is, what I'm going through, no matter what's going on around me, I'm not diminishing. Sometimes it feels like that, right? Sometimes it's like, God, I feel like everything is being taken away from me. He's like, nope, you just keep following my guiding. You keep following my, I, you are not going to diminish. You are not going to lessen because he knows exactly what he, he knows the plans and the purposes that he has for you. And so he is, he, he sees that when he looks at you and he's pulling those things out, you are not going to diminish. Not in his leading, not in his guiding. You have everything that you need. He provides not only naturally for you, but he provides spiritually for you. He is your provider and you will lack no good thing. Isn't that good? And I just feel like in the, in the days ahead that this is something we go back to and we're like, wait a minute, I'm getting into fear about something. I'm getting afraid or I'm getting scared that this or that's going to happen. No, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Lord, it feels like everything is shaking around me and I don't know what's going No, you will not lessen. You will not diminish. You will not become weak. I'm strengthening you. The Lord is my shepherd. So he is provider for us. And this is what he provides for us. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. 
That's the first thing. He, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures refers to a habitation, a home. It refers to rest, and it refers to refreshment, and it refers to contentment. So it doesn't matter what is going on around you. Have you ever felt that place where you feel restless? I, I don't know. Everything seems shaking. I feel out of place. He says, no, no, there is a place for you to come where there is refreshing, where there is a habitation where you feel at home. It's your safety. Ever gone home before and you're like, oh, thank God I'm home? Ever been out and you're like, I just want to be at home? Why? Because there's that feeling where you just get to undo at home, right? No, I won't say that. I won't say that. <laughs> you know, you get to take your makeup off and you get to take your belt off and you get to take, ladies know what I'm thinking, and, and you get to take your, you know, put your sweatpants on. <laughs> And there's this place of rest, this place of safety. When he says that that's what he is, the Lord is my shepherd, he makes me lie down. There's a place of safety. There's a habitation. There's a place of refreshment that comes, a place of rest. And then it says, he leads me beside still waters. I just want to focus on that word lead one moment before we hit still waters, the other thing that he provides for us. But it says he leads. I had to look it up. And it actually means he leads us on a journey. And this is what it said, by stations and in stages. He leads us by stations and in stages. Think about what that means for a moment. You know how so many times we want to get on ahead? Lord, but this isn't happening. But we're not here yet. Or what about this? And what about, oh no, I'm leading you. And I'm going to lead you exactly to the station that you need to be at in the stage that you need to be at. But, but God, you said this, but God, this isn't happening yet. I'm not seeing this yet in my life. I want to run on ahead. No, I am your shepherd. I know exactly the place that you need to be in, in the moment that you need to be in. By stations and in stages, what the Bible says, from glory to glory, from place to place, from strength to strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. From place to place. That the Lord knows the plans that he has for you. Remember that it says that in Jeremiah, I can't remember, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans that I have for you. And I just feel like right now that there's somebody that's in that they're feeling restless, they're feeling anxious, like the things that are supposed to be happening aren't happening. In fact, I actually feel like you felt like this for such a long time that you actually are despising the plans and the purposes that God has for you. And I just felt like the Lord say that, that I've called you and you keep trying to get on ahead of 
me, but I'm, I've got you in the palm of my hand. I can see exactly where you, I've got my eye on you, the Lord says. I'm taking you through stages, and I'm taking you through stations, and I know exactly I'm building something in you to get to the place, and that you would begin to thank God. You just begin to say, thank you, God, for the call of God in my life. I felt like some are even actually drawing back from it because it scares you. You're like, I want this, but God, I'm actually afraid, and you're kind of holding back, and, and, and I just feel like the Lord is saying, no, come on, I'm guiding you, I'm leading you through, I know exactly where you need to be in the moment that you need to be in, let me lead you, let me lead you, let me lead you. So he leads us, and he refreshes us, it says, he leads me beside still waters. Still waters means a peaceful place. Perfect refreshment. That there's this place in him that is perfect peace, perfect refreshment. that the Lord is my shepherd. There can be things going on around the world, but he is my shepherd. And in him is a perfect place of peace. And in fact, I think that, that maybe if you're in discontentment right now, or maybe if you have no peace right now, maybe, you're not letting the Lord shepherd your life. Because he says, I am the good shepherd. This is what I do. And that in 2023, that there's a running to him that we go to. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Other voices, they're not my shepherd. The media, it's not my shepherd. The economy, that's not my shepherd. My, my job, that's not my shepherd. I have a good shepherd. And so it doesn't matter what happens around me. There's a place of contentment. There's a place of peace that I can be in and that I can walk in because the Lord is my shepherd. So this is what else he provides for us. Number three, or chapter three, or verse three. He refreshes and he restores my soul, my life. Perfect restoration. He refreshes and restores my life. The word restore means he brings back. He repairs. It means to restore something that has been injured. He is restoring things in your life that have been injured. Your soul, that's your heart, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I, 
I felt like I felt like and you probably know this too that there are things all of a sudden in your heart that just keep coming up and you're like what's going on right now why am I upset about this why is this something that's that's happening in my life or I forgot about this and now it's bringing up coming back up and I feel like the Lord is wanting to restore healing to you that there have been wounds that have happened in your life whether these wounds are wounds that have been caused by other people situational wounds or brokenness that you've caused in your own life by sin but the Lord is saying I'm wanting to restore brokenness in your life that there's restoration that's taking place he restores my soul so when you go out in the workplace and someone says something that hurts you or in your relationship there's something that happens that hurts you there's a place that you run to and you say Lord I need to be restored in this place he says I'm on it why I'm the good shepherd I restore brokenness I restore injured things Luke 4, 18, verse 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed... This is Jesus. This is the Good Shepherd. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever been bruised? I have been. <laughs> been bruised so bad that you begin to walk almost funny in your spiritual life because it hurts? Is I come to heal that place? I became to restore what the enemy tried to steal from you. I was just praying the other day. I felt like, you know, we've come out of a battle in our minds. I don't know about you, but I have, where the enemy has just been assaulting minds, just going after it and, and saying things and lying to you and telling you you're not worth it and all the things or you're going to die or you're done or he's taking this away from you and all these things and it's been a battle. Anybody else or just me? I was driving to Saskatoon yesterday and we had a basketball tournament to go to and it was early morning and I had no company because the boys were sleeping and so I just began to pray and I began to think about this battle that we've had in their mind and some people's minds have become bruised, become broken broken in your thinking and I just began to declare over us God heal our minds heal our minds from the patterns that we began to think things that weren't your way that was not the mind of Christ but we began to pick up these patterns these ways of thinking that the enemy planted seeds and we took them and I began to declare over us heal our minds God heal our minds you can declare that over yourself heal my mind God I've got some crazy thinking going on in here it happens God restore my mind God restore my emotions I am out of control <laughs> restore God restore my soul 
I said this before and I, and I just want to touch on it again. I got a little ahead of myself, but I just want to say this because I think it's important. It doesn't matter what kind of brokenness you have, whether it was brokenness caused by somebody else or the world around you, or if you caused your own brokenness. God heals brokenness. And he is not ashamed of it. He steps in. You messed up, I'm in. He's attracted to it. Because he's healer. Wouldn't you be if you were healer? Oh, my specialty, let me step on in. David, in the Bible, he was king. And, and he had some brokenness. He had some moments that caused some real brokenness in his life. But one that we know famously is when he was supposed to be at war. And instead he was up on a balcony creeping on a woman. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he liked what he saw. And so he, he called for her and he got her pregnant, but she was married to one of his soldiers. And so then he tried to fix what he broke himself. Anybody ever tried to fix your own brokenness? And so then he got in even deeper. He called for him to come and he was like, hey, I really feel like you need, I'm paraphrasing, I really feel like you just need a break and you should go hang out with your wife. Hoping that they could cover up this pregnancy. But his soldier, he, he was like, no, no, not while the other men are at war. Like, I am faithful to this. And, he, and then he tried to get him drunk. It's like, okay, now for sure he will. No, he wouldn't. And so then David's like, uh-oh, what do I do now? And so he goes back to war and David sends a message and says, put him on the front line. Have everyone retreat, kill him. And so he ends up being killed at war. And so problem taken care of, right? He's gone, it's fine, until the prophet of God shows up and says, hello, David. <laughs> I have something to say to you. And so they sit down and have a conversation and, and uh, David says, I've sinned. It's true, I've done something really bad. But he had a repentant heart. And I, I wanna read from Psalms 51, which is the Psalms that, that David wrote about his sin with Bathsheba. Verse one, it says, have mercy on me, God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone, I have sinned. Skip to verse eight, it says, oh, give me back my joy again. You know what sin, when you're in it, when you have an unrepentant spirit, if you have an unrepentant heart, it will zap your joy. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. 
Don't let me keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Don't, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. This is what repentance does. It restores joy and make me willing to obey you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not desire a burnt offering. It's interesting. I can't remember where it is, but in the Old Testament, I think it's probably, I, I can't, I'm not going to guess, but it says that, that, it's, that it's not sacrifice that he desires, it's obedience, and it's obedience that he desires. And so David is saying this in this prayer, God, as my shepherd, restore obedience to me, restore an obedient place in my heart where I want to obey you above all else. And he says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit and you will not reject a, a broken and repentant heart. You, you can, it doesn't matter what caused your brokenness. You come to him in a repentant heart, he will not turn away that because he restores your soul. He's the restorer, perfect restoration. And lastly, verse 3, this is what he provides. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He provides paths of righteousness. He provides paths. He orders our steps. And so he provides the right way for us to walk. You know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. This is what you are. When you receive Jesus into your life, you become in right standing with God, meaning you can walk into the throne room of God boldly. You become righteous. God sees you as righteous. And I've said this before, now you have become righteous things have passed away. We heard this where you have become righteous. When you become righteous, you begin to walk righteously. There is a way that you begin to walk. You choose righteous paths. And the Bible says the Lord is your shepherd. He provides paths of righteousness for you to walk in. And so even if you're struggling with things, Lord, you are my shepherd. You provide paths of righteousness for me. Show me the right path to walk on, the path that you have chosen, the place that you would order my steps. This is a surrendering to the good shepherd. I could go more on that, but I, I know we're short on time. And so I'm just going to say this. You ever have those times when 
when the Lord begins to speak to you about certain things and he, I want you to get rid of this. I want you to do away with that. And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to God that, that feels like it hurts. And sometimes it does hurt to let go of those things as he begins to change things in your life. But it's like, it feels like pain. It feels like loss. It feels like if I get rid of this, I... But the righteous way, the righteous path is the prosperous path. It's the place where you prosper. And I always try to remember my, I remember that of like, you're asking me this. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. And sometimes it's, it's obedience and I just got to step out when I, when I don't even know. Here, I'll give you an example. This morning we're, we're in worship and the Lord says to me, I want you to begin to walk back and forth. And I said, Lord, that's stupid. I'll walk like this and then I won't interrupt anyone. And, and he said, I, I just want you to do it. And I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to make a spectacle of myself. They're going to think it's weird. And, and, and I'm having this argument with the Lord. And uh, then, then they went into the course and I'm like, eh, it's not a walking, you know, the course isn't a walking back and forth kind of a song, you know, so I'll just whatever. And, and, then, and then they go back into the bridge and the Lord says, it's the bridge. You know, it's now, isn't it now the walking back and forth? But I'm like, ah. And, and I just began to walk. Do I know why I did it? No, but this is what I heard the Lord say. Thank you for your obedience. And sometimes it's just the obedience. It's the prosperous path. I don't know why. Sometimes I don't know why, but I choose to obey because the path of righteousness, the path of following God is the prosperous way. Amen? Amen. So he provides paths of righteousness. I'm just going to prove it in scripture and then I'm going to be done. Here it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a, a tree. This is the pros or this is the righteous man. This is who walks in paths of righteousness. He is like a tree planted by streams of water and yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in all he does come on he prospers so when the Lord steps in and says I, I want you to obey this yes Lord because it's for your prosperity you will prosper when you walk in the way of the Lord and he provides those ways for you to walk in. So he is perfect guidance, perfect refreshment, perfect restoration, and perfect guidance. And I just feel like I, I, would, I, would, I challenge you as you go today to begin to open up Psalms 23 and begin to make that a prayer of your life. The Lord is my shepherd. 2023, I'm, I'm allowing the Lord to shepherd my life. There are going to be voices in this year that will attempt to shepherd your life. 
Let me say it like this. There will be voices that will try to deceive you. The enemy will try to deceive you. And so there must be a posture in our heart that says the Lord will shepherd me. I will look to the Lord. His voice is the one that I will follow. And in that place of him shepherding me, I shall not want. I shall not lack. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.